You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Go right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with what might be a this is why we can't have nice things edition. Of Longhorn Blitz with horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Not going to waste any time, but before I bring in the rest of the team, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we just thank you so much for being a part of this week's presentation and enjoying what we've been doing here for a decade now on Longhorn Blitz. Get to horns247.com for the latest and greatest on Longhorn team news, notes, and nuggets, the best recruiting coverage in the Texas market with Mike Roach and Hudson Standish. And you can get Longhorn Blitz not just at horns247, but anywhere you get your podcasts, search horns 247, that's no dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button. Get every episode of Longhorn Blitz when it drops on Tuesday. Let me bring in the rest of the team that will be alongside. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru who was having phone issues before we started the show. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? Speaking of not having nice things, Matt, are you going to be okay with that phone over there? Yeah, I'll be okay, but it, it makes noises even though it's on silent sometimes, so it's frustrating. Mm. Yeah. Uh, a man who... Machines are rebelling against <laughs> A man who he might be able to talk to you about the impending robot wars or football coverages or movie lines or whatever because he's a renaissance man. He wears a lot of hats. Uh, for the Austin Radio Network, notably co-hosting Ball on Live with Mike Harge each and every weekday from 3 to 7. But for the purposes of this show, he is our lockdown corner here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree Whenever that T-ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro, brother, as always. Appreciate it. Rod, is it hard for you to grasp that 20 years ago, right now, if you rewind the clock exactly 20 years, you were slugging it out at Denius Fields, getting ready for your final season in Burn Orange? Uh wow yeah I didn't think about that it makes me feel old so I appreciate that it makes me feel like a you know what came old. along right around the time maybe I don't know you probably had it your junior season but by the time you were a senior 
like Under Armour was a thing. It had to be a game changer during camp when Under Armour and dry fit materials became um, a thing. Well, we switched to Nike. Right, but you were wearing like the Under Armour. Yeah, once we switched stuff. to Nike, Nike had all that really cool stuff. I mean, Reebok had some. Uh, uh, Reebok was just bad. Look, I've go back and pull up a '99 company. game. Does Reebok still exists. Uh, yeah, Barely. but it's like exclusive, like a CrossFit deal now. I think. Yeah, that's good for them. Yeah, because they don't they they were in the wrong business. They're still paying Allen Iverson though. Allen Iverson that's got good. one of those Bobby Bonilla deals with Reebok, where like it's like every year for like thirty years they have to pay him a million dollars on a certain day. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Sign bad deals. Makes sense. Reebok. <laughs> Terrible. Go back and, and pull Big up. Hurts doing new Genics these days. <laughs> go find any Longhorn game on YouTube from the 99 season. Rod, your jersey looks like it's about three sizes too big. Like the shoulders. Everything just look. looks bad. Uh, it was just. Yeah, it just. I'm like, well, that's a frumpy Rod Babers on yeah. the field. No, yeah, it wasn't. Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. No, no. It, it just wasn't very, uh, like, technologically like advanced gear like the nike gear you could tell like they're into like the the dry fit mm-hmm. and the, you know i mean it wasn't as cool heavy, all the kind of stuff like like yeah they, they it seems like reebok was just i don't know they was just in the like two twenty 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 years behind everything I, they uh, really were i don't know what was going it on it was really like thick my toenails big. were coming off during like <laughs> with their cleats no i'm not joking i lost mo- uh, multiple toenails wow. with reebok cleats <sighs> I didn't lose any with Nike cleats. You were going to have some NBA players. Oh, man, it was crazy. For some reason, uh, within like a 24-hour period, I ended up watching highlights from the 99 Texas Tech game and the Mm -hmm. the, the 2003 Cotton Bowl at the end of the 02 season. And, Rod, you, by the time, you you progressed. Like, at the start of your career, it was a very frumpy, blocky Rod Babers with the Reebok uniform. But by the end, it was a very sleek because exactly. Nike was trying to get you to form fitting and mm-hmm. start to look sleek and sexy. Fast. And Reebok just didn't care how their uniforms looked on players. You it's went like, from 8-bit to 4K in the span of four seasons. <laughs> exactly. It's like, don't you know that's what's selling yeah. the, your brand to young people? They want to look cool. They want to look like that, that guy on TV looks. And or the guy a good on TV. T- explanation right there, Jeff, lovely. because like <laughs> literally I remember watching back in how much different teams like Michigan and Florida State looked. And yeah, they man. did look fast. Exactly. It was weird to say that, but they looked fast. But it was because of the fit, and also if you have the players that are actually type of athletes, I'll say Mac Brown yeah. started recruiting different types of athletes too. Well, the Longhorns are down a couple of athletes for various reasons. We've uh, prolonged the inevitable long enough. Let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, the easiest one to talk about is the one that we actually know for a fact, have concrete information from the program on. That's a Jai Hall suspension uh, that went down on Friday, the day before. The first camp scrimmage, which we're we're recording this on a Monday, the Ajay Hall suspension it might as well have been two weeks ago, considering everything that's transpired since then. But here we are. Uh, any you guys have any thoughts on the Ajay Hall suspension? I mean, it's it's um, unfortunate because he had you know checkered past red flags, whatever you want to call it. It was not a squeaky clean transition. Him going from Alabama to Texas. And when you're in that position, Rod, sometimes guys just have to learn a hard lesson. When you're in that position, no matter the nature of the offense, all the I told you so crowd is going to see is a Jai Hall arrested and suspended. That's all they're going to see, and he's going to have to deal with the consequences of that because now the I told you so crowd is saying, well, see, told you told you shouldn't have taken this guy. Told you, told you you shouldn't have taken a gamble. Why did Texas take the gamble on him? 
But now here we are, and fair or not, that's kind of the perception of a Jai Hall that however long his career goes at Texas, it's the perception he's going to have to shake. Uh, I did read uh, over at Home 24-7, Chip Brown, shout out, that he, Jai Hall, got himself uh, at least in some situation with the leadership council on the team that they had to address some some incidents or an incident before prior to this whole, uh, you know, a suspension indefinitely. So maybe part of the, you know, part of the, for him, the strikes on the third strike, I don't know how many strikes he's had, but obviously this isn't the first time that he's had an incident already here at Texas. In addition to, whatever went down with him and Nick Saban yeah. there at Alabama. Yeah. I just think it's like now it's just accumulating. And, yeah, they wanted to address it. The indefinite thing is interesting. I think for some people that was maybe too harsh because it was indefinite. Instead of being specific, saying you're going to miss the first game or you're going to be away from the team activities for two weeks, whatever it may be, or a month, whatever yeah. it may be, uh, I think the indefinite means they want to monitor his behavior during whatever time span yeah. and see, okay, is he going to make another bad decision during this time span? Because already here on campus, after having the talk, whatever, warning him, they obviously had multiple incidents. So they probably just want to monitor him for a certain amount of time. He makes another bad decision. You know, maybe they'll decide something a little bit more permanent. I think the current, which we'll get to, uh, the current injury status of some of the yeah, main players on man. the team, especially a wide receiver, could change their mind about Ajay Hall. Yeah. <laughs> right? You were at a really deep yeah. wide receiver room, and now maybe not as deep. Yeah, and when you look at the situation, of course you don't want a kid that already ha- would, ha- say, have questions, having issues already. But when you look at the issues, it's almost like on the maturity level. It's not as if he's out there – doing things that are dumb to other people. He's just making very dumb mistakes for himself that are going to get him in trouble, which are maturity-level things that when you hear indefinite, indefinite can mean a lot, but it also can mean a little. And I think that's sort of perfectly put by you, Rod, is they're going to see how he behaves here forward. If he continues this, what I would say is just like knucklehead or dumb kid behavior of, oh, I got a ticket, I'm mad, and I know, like, if you think it through, you're like, okay, they obviously know the boot was last on my car. If I demolish this here boot, it's going to come back to me, but you aren't connecting those things and connecting all the dots. That shows very immature decision-making. He's just sitting there reacting and angry and mad and I mean, people know UT campus is notorious for, like, the worst traffic cops in the world. Like, they're as bad as anybody. I've been ticketed down there thinking I was in correct spots, and I've barely ever been to campus. But you don't go then and beat up a boot and do these things because it can impact you down the road. And that's where, sorry, if if he sees good decision-making, I would assume, like, as long as you stay outside – of, you know, another dumb misdemeanor because once you start to stack those things up, it actually can have legal ramifications. But if it just is stuck at a dumb misdemeanor, then you deal with it and move on and hopefully learn from it. So your wide receiver depth went from plentiful to just getting kicked in the tenders really hard in the span of a weekend because on top of the Ajay Hall suspension, the elephant in the room now, and we confirmed this at Horns 24-7 over the weekend, uh, that mm. the initial diagnosis for Isaiah Nayer, according to multiple sources, was a torn ACL suffered in the scrimmage. Now, we're recording this on Monday. Steve Sarkeesian is going to have a press conference coming up here in, in a matter of hours, so we'll get the official word. But it sounds like he's going to miss some amount of time 
maybe the season. We'll get the official word from Sarge. Probably going to miss the season. Yeah. You don't want to rush him back. But, so, and I'll, I'll go through some numbers. I've given these numbers on this podcast before, but and we'll talk about the wide receiver depth here in a second, what's left. But what Isaiah Dayer was going to give you was the ability to have a guy who could make contested catches down the field. I think last year he was fifth in the country in contested catches, according to Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. But a vertical threat that could do it down the field. Last season, 17.7 uh, yards averaged up the target. 2.87 yards per route run. Both of those totals would have led the Big 12 last season. Yeah. Uh, it would have been slightly ahead of Marvin Mims in both categories. Uh, the 2.87 yards per route run, just think about this, Xavier Worthy last season, 2.61. So he was one of the better deep threats in the country, and last year you were not a prolific deep uh, offense throwing the deep ball. Last season on passes of 20-plus yards down the field, uh, Hudson Card's completion percentage, 23.1. Casey Thompson's completion percentage, 32.6. A little uh, Casey Of 174 qualifying quarterbacks uh, last season, according to Pro Football Focus, Casey Thompson's completion percentage, 115th in the country. Hudson Card's, 159th out of 174. So, And the median average in college football last season was 36.7. So you were below average at best and, it, and just at times just flat out poor throwing the ball 20-plus yards down the field. Rod, the problem is outside of Xavier Worthy, there's nobody on this roster that can replicate that package that Isaiah Ayer brings to the table. There's a reason you went and got him out of the transfer portal. Yeah, no, it's true. I agree with you on that. I mean, you basically want to be able to have two guys that get multiple guys that can take the top off the defense if you mm-hmm. and two of them on the field at the same time because yeah. uh, X Man can be that guy and you just break throw out the numbers that Isaiah Ayer can be that guy. I, I'm with you and I, I I totally agree. I don't think you can replicate exactly that, but. You know, what do I always say about football, right? Football and life are both constant struggles between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. One thing that Sark has within, you know, his repertoire, just kind of naturally uh, woven into his, the fabric of his philosophy, he believes a lot in position fluidity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, A ton. Like even going back to Bama, Devontae Smith said the biggest difference between Loxley's offense and Sark's offense was that they had to learn all the different wide receiver positions to move everybody around. Helps them be able to hide different players within the scheme and also scheme guys open. So, you know, in in theory, all of these guys that are listed on the wide receiver depth chart should be able to play more positions. You can manufacture depth, but also that's a way to find mismatches. I mean, you you theoretically could end up moving a guy like Jordan Whittington around, not just in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know Tariq Milton, but, you know, Tariq Milton should be a guy you should be able to move around in different places too. We know X-Man can do that as well. This is the reason that you stack that wide receiver room. This was it. This is the reason that you keep recruiting wide receivers too. You keep acquiring wide receiver talent via the transfer portal and via, you know, obviously your recruiting classes. So this is what I want to see. I mean, unfortunately, Isaiah Nayor is going to be out for the season. But if you want to see talent development, these are the situations where you want to see guys be developed yeah. Yeah. All right? <laughs> into being more well-rounded wide receivers and not just guys who are specific skill sets like a Brennan Thompson. Right? He's like, oh, no, this guy mm-hmm. can take the top off defense. Okay, right, we know he can do that. Now I want to see you turn him into a guy that can run a six route. Yeah. Now I want to see you turn him into a guy you know, that can get open running the post corner. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I want to see you as a coach, not a Brendan Marion, um, it's on him. There, there's a lot of skill in that room. Hell, Troy Mary's still in that room. Um, you know, you can right now. There's talent still there. 
Uh, just as that, the euro is yeah. going down doesn't mean, and I know you don't have as yet half. We don't know for how long. Um, there's still talent. That's why you brought in so much talent to insulate yourself from these very situations because you knew as a coach you have to prepare for worst case scenario. Yeah. This this ain't the worst case scenario, but you're approaching it. You're there. on the precipice of it. And thank it, thank goodness, man. I, I, when we get down, when it boils down to it, man, through the addition of Tariq Milton, like huge. He, 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 at this point, what this means is Tariq Milton's no longer a luxury, right? He's a necessity at this point. But man, I keep bringing it up, Rod. If you if Texas gets the Tariq the version of Tariq Milton anywhere close to what he was mm-hmm. in 2019, again, I'll bring up the numbers. Exactly. On, on a minimum of 50 targets, you go back to FBS wide receivers in 2019 on a minimum of 50 targets. Uh, this is according to Pro Football Focus. Tariq Milton was one of 11 FBS wide receivers that season. The average double-digit yards after the catch per reception and double-digit yards averaged up the target. The other Among the other 10 guys, Antonio Gibson, Devontae Smith, CeeDee Lamb, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, Tutu Atwell, Henry Ruggs, Marcus Stevenson, all those guys, I mentioned first round picks. Tylen Wallace, guys playing. Well, Wallace wasn't. Wallace wasn't one of those guys. He was, Wallace. He was nine point eight and eleven point. Yeah, Wallace he was barely missed barely it. Barely out of it. A Ronnie mm. Bell from Michigan was another guy that barely missed being in that group. But that's you were. He was one of the the, the most explosive playmaking wide receivers in the country in twenty nineteen when he was healthy. Yeah, and yeah. the company you keep a lot of the times like those are the numbers you want to, when you're looking at numbers and you say, okay, well what group do I land in whenever I perform at this level? And when Tariq Milton's able to do that, it's quite impressive. And when you look at Milton also, that year he lined up it was two hundred seventeen snaps out wide, ninety four in the slot. Mm-hmm. Different year his two years that he wasn't really successful were were years where they used him only as a slot receiver. And then in 2021, he was 54 snaps out wide, 41 in the slot. So he was a guy that played both sides of it. And that's another thing with Naor that was a bit of a bummer to see him going down because more than a quarter of his snaps were actually in the slot. Even mm-hmm. being a guy that was used out wide, he yeah. was 73% out wide. He was 26.2% in the slot. So you had a guy that could take the top off the defense, but depending on the matchup, you can move him inside, and that was where you la- you saw last year with Worthy being a guy that you know he can play every single spot. But whenever you have him out on the field, you didn't. The one thing Texas didn't have last year was necessarily the guy that could take off the defense to play alongside Worthy, and that's something that Nayor really it felt like could unlock some parts of the game because you have that ability that. Each receiver can line up in the slot. Each receiver can line up wide, and each receiver can be elite with taking the top off the defense. And when you take that away, mm-hmm. in theory, it can pigeonhole Worthy if he still is the only guy that can play that role for Texas. Now, hopefully you have other guys that like Brennan Thompson and players that are able to step up and Save be that vertical threat. Exactly. Savion Red's another name you're hearing a lot about. So hopefully those guys can do that so then you can have – Worthy be a piece that can move around and can really be what Devonta Smith was or those guys were in Sark's offense where you can play all the spots of the receiver because it just makes you less predictable. Unfortunately, also, you know, all those guys, Tariq Milton, Jay Witt, Troy Mary, all have injury history. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Every last one of them. Jaden Alexis, Alexis coming off of a knee. Yeah, so just it, it's, it's so just worth where, bringing like, the new up guys that, like Brennan Thompson and yeah, Red. You it's really worth bringing up that you may have, you could possibly have more attrition. So you your development right now, you need to fast track a lot of guys. Yeah, and luckily. The, the track record with Worthy, at least, was good. You were able to get a guy to show up and in year oh, yeah. one be elite, so hopefully he can do it again. And I think Brendan Marion, you know, he'll be a better developer yeah. of talent than Andre yeah. Coleman. Yeah. We're putting out Brendan Marion as the highest yards per reception in college football history. Yeah. I would say, too, Matt, though, <laughs> Texas fans should temper those expectations. I mean, let's be real. Like, Xavier Worthy might have had the best freshman season for a Texas receiver ever. Yeah. Possibly. Statistically. Yeah. Uh, I would say from an impact standpoint, I would put Roy Williams' freshman season ahead of Xavier Worthy's. But you're splitting hairs at yeah. that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you, Rod. It's not the end of the world. Like, it sucks. It's not the end of the world. It just you figured if something was going to happen at the receiver position in terms of hurting your depth, it was going to be a, something would happen with a Jai Hall or it would be an injury to, the, like you said, those guys that have injury histories. Mm-hmm. You didn't think it was going to be with Nair. Yeah. Now you're just between the Ajay Hall suspension, the Nayer injury. It just means your margin of error has been decreased significantly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, I, I do think, you know, minor alterations now just with the offense. I'm sure that Sark had in his mind visualized a certain type of oh, offense, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure he's just making minor alterations. And, you know, they're, they're – Two tight ends that, you know, heard you talking about it on Light the Tower. Totally agree that you can stretch the field a little bit more now with uh, other not Jared Wiley and Kate Brewer, nothing against those guys. Uh, but Jatavion Sanders, you can stretch the field um, with Jaleel Billingsley if he's going to be in that guy. But you can stretch for those guys. Are now, Juan Davis had a good scrimmage. Juan Davis, you can, you, you can compensate for some of that production there. We know at running back, he likes to force feed the football in the passing game to the running back position. Said it's the most underutilized uh, position in the passing game. And with that being said, you know, it's also time to, you know, fast track development of guys like, you know, Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Jane, Robinson. Jaden Blue. Jaden Blue. You know, some of those guys too because now you, the offense may look a little bit different because mm-hmm. you just talk, pointed out we, you had two guys that you knew could consistently – on the outside, depend on could win one on ones, all right, and that would the defense would have to account for. You got to account for X man. If you do that, all right, what are you going to do? Roll coverage? The, you know, you're going to put a safety over the top of them. Whatever you do, that's going to make you a little bit more vulnerable somewhere else. And then now we got Isaiah Nayor. You are going to leave him one on one with those numbers you just gave? Probably not. I want somebody to have. I want him to have a little help too. Now you're talking about putting two deep safeties, or at least putting a at least putting a corner over the top and an underneath defender of one of those guys. I mean, that's a lot of resources and not also having to worry about eight men in the box trying to stop B. John Robinson. So you just had this this um, almost unsolvable uh, mathematical mm-hmm. equation you presented to the defense that they could not solve mathematically. You can't double both of those guys and also put eight in the box. Yeah. If Jay Witt ends up being Jay Witt, mm-hmm. knock on wood, uh, you also can replicate something similar. But you don't know that because – Jay Widges hasn't been healthy and made it through an entire season yet. Yeah, I, I think when I think about great adjustments to a really bad situations, I think about the 2008 Texas offense when Blaine Irby tore up his knee mm-hmm. in the Rice game mm-hmm. because it was starting to look like, oh man, Texas has a real live, legit tight end. Yeah, coming off a year where you lost your Michael Finley a year early to the NFL, it's like, man, Blaine Irby's out. What's this offense going to look like? Greg Davis just started moving Jordan Shipley all over the field. 
And I think even a bigger adjustment, because that was a good adjustment, the bigger adjustment was Chris Obanaya. Yes. People forget how critical he was. He turned Chris Obanaya into like his makeshift H-back slash tight end slash fullback. Go watch how he moves Obanaya around 2008. He's actually the last guy to be in my 30-40 club and have at least Mm -hmm. 30 rushes and 40 receptions in a season. Eric Metcalf before him, because that type of skill set is just very, very rare, and Chris Obanaya had it. what made him an NFL player for what Six, seven years. Yeah, that's Bijan might be in that group at this point, Rod. He and might be. He at, could. At they, he could be there. He it could possibly happen. That I'm 08 season, I really think like revolutionized Colt McCoy as a mind to still be in the NFL. And you look at like Obaniah, where was he? He was mm-hmm. with Colt in Cleveland. Like those are type of things that I guarantee behind closed doors. Colt's like, no, get this guy here. We can use yep. him these different ways. And like just being able to view players outside the box of their natural position conformities and understanding the games in space these days. And we need to have guys Mm -hmm. that have this chemistry that we can become like this battery unit where you actually know that the other player, you don't have to worry about them reading something different than you. It's a language that we both speak and out there on the field. There's so much of that freestyling aspect to the modern game that that relationship, it really it's it's unquantifiable, but you're seeing it oh, just more and more and more across the NFL these days. Just remember that Oklahoma game in 08 where Ryan Reynolds, the OU linebacker, gets hurt. And it was over and after that. Greg Davis just said, you know what, I'm going to make Jordan Shipley a flex tight end, just use him over the middle of the field. And Texas won one of the better games we've seen in the history of that rivalry. Crossing uh, routes behind the linebackers. Yeah, the, the tight ends, Rod, the, that group, I mean, it just – it. It eliminates a lot of the margin. The Nayer injury eliminates a lot of the margin for error you had on offense. We're not even talking about, haven't even mentioned the Roshan Johnson injury or the Junior Angulao injury, but Roshan Johnson, uh, again, without knowing the official word from Sark, sounds like an ankle, uh, could be a couple weeks. But, you know, that could be a blessing in disguise, assuming Roshan's able to get back in a reasonable amount of time and be healthy and productive. Yeah. Because now you've really got to figure out what you've got with Jonathan Brooks, right? Like you said figure out what you've got with Jaden Blue. And to me, the bigger piece in that is the Keelan Robinson piece. And we've seen it too many times in Texas, taking these guys that are specialty players and then figuring out, okay, how do I maximize this skill set? Because when he's on the field, I want to be able to get the ball in his hands in certain situations, but it can't send up smoke signals to the defense or not even smoke signals, outright signals. All right, he's in the game. There are only one or two things he's going to be able to do. That's expanding the skill set of Keelan Robinson now to have the kind of offense that you still think you can have without Isaiah Nair. That's a very underrated component to me is expanding that Keelan Robinson skill set, expanding his role. How unpredictable can you be with him on the field? Can he catch the ball running vertically downfield? Exactly. That's the real question. And right now the answer is no. Yeah. Because if he could have, we'd have seen it. He's literally <laughs> dropped every pass that's passed yeah, the line of is, scrimmage. Yeah, he and that's is, not an exaggeration. Yeah, no, he is like I mean, it's crazy, but he's such. You're so reminiscent of DJ Monroe that yep. we all remember DJ Monroe. At the one point, it just became ridiculously predictable that when yeah. he came on the field, he was going to get the ball, but it will be via a handoff or it was going to be laterally. Mm-hmm. He was not going to be. He's not going to threaten you vertically downfield with all of that speed, and he could still get it laterally and still hit the corner. When you knew he was going to get it yeah. that way, that's how fast that guy is. That's how Kelly Robinson's got that kind of speed too. Um, but you're totally right. They got to figure out a way to hell. I, like I said, I, I suggest the hook and ladder. You can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't catch it downfield. You want the very to get, catch it, just kick a you hand off. Catch it backwards. Let somebody else catch it, and 
in, have them hand it off to them downfield, whatever it takes. But I totally agree because I think if I am Sark now, revi- you know, just kind of kind of revising that offense and trying to re envision the offense, I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm obsessed with two, two, two tailback sets and 20 personnel, 21 personnel. I'm thinking even more of it. I'd be thinking even more of it. I, I got a cut from Nick Saban actually talking about how he says, oh, yeah, two tailback sets are on the rise everywhere. And it's it's changing the, you know, it's changing all the, the angles and the run game. And actually it makes it, you know, a, a kind of an old school triple option at times when you look mm-hmm. at it. I mean, he was, which is kind of what Brendan Marion's go-go offense actually is, triple option off, mm-hmm. triple option run game. Uh, but I digress. Uh, the point is, I if I'm Sark, man, because the tight ends are great. They're great. They're f- and I love the freakiness of Jatavian Sanders. But that's largely unproven. You're talking about the deepest running back room in the country. You know, even getting Jonathan Brooks up to speed for the first two or three games while Rojo is recuperating, I'm cool with that because Keelan Robinson's also a threat. You talked about Jaden Blue. I would, man, I would, I would just shock the world with more two tailback sets early on. I really would. I think you could. Yeah. I think you really can. And I'm not saying let that be the staple of your offense. No, you're, he's still going to be 11 personnel, one back, one tight end. Still going to be a lot of 12 personnel because he loves. He said tight end, most important position in his offense behind quarterback. So he's still going to be big on 12 personnel. I'm just saying I would mm-hmm. up the, the increase the usage now, considering what you lost yeah. in Isaiah Nayor. I would increase the usage of my two tailback sets, especially since now you have Brendan Marion, a guy that can give you more run concepts. Your most your most effective passing personnel package last year was actually out of your two tailback sets, man. Your, your highest completion percentage and yards per attempt last year. I don't think it's a fluke. I think teams are, when you come out in two tailback sets, they think run. They're programmed. Yeah. Run, run, run. Oh, run. Especially with Bijan. You're like, oh, run, oh, yeah. run. Rojo and Bijan? Oh, run, run. And then you come out, and then you really do have these great matchups you end up with because they're thinking run, so is the D.C., and then they're gearing their defense towards run, and you'll get a favorable matchup on the outside, a one-on-one, just where you want it. And especially um, Or you on- can shift in motion into other formations. You can go empty yes. out of two tailback yep. sets, right? You can shift into... You know, a, a two by two on with, early downs. Bijan in the slot. I mean, you can do a lot of different things yeah. with it, and, and you do that whenever it's early downs, so you can break tendencies and exactly. things, and exactly become. You can appear to be predictable and be very unpredictable, especially if, say, you've just had a big hit to one position group. So naturally, instead of running fifty percent of eleven personnel or yep. whatever it is, it just it's diminishes right down, and those forty percent. You know, you take 10% off and you add that 10% to two back packages and you already have your base that's a 12-type personnel, and it really becomes malleable, especially when you have these backs that can split out into – I mean, you look at – on a per-snap basis, it's not many, but Bijan Robert – let's look at the guys in the slot formation or in the slot position catching the ball. Whittington was 15 per reception. Worthy was 13.9. Bijan was 14.3. Mm-hmm. Like, you split Bijan into the slot, exactly. his production has been right there alongside on a per-play basis as the other guys. And you already seen what Jonathan Brooks, his skill set may be malleable to it. It's unfortunate that a guy like Roshan gets hurt because Roshan was another guy that would split out and he was very – I mean, he never had an incompletion to him when he was in the slot this season. So it's a bummer having him – be out for at least like maybe say the first game we don't know that yet yeah, there is this unspecific yeah. timetable with his injury but just being able to impact 
cut off the top of like say those 11 or four wide packages and those sort of become those two back packages if it's your area of depth to open the season yeah you just you just you basically just lost variety right you just mm-hmm. you had so much for we were so excited about the variety on the offense obviously the offensive line is a different discussion and we'll talk about junior young allow here in a second but the variety was you had X-Man, a, a receiver that can do anything, right? He can do all – there's no we- real weakness that he has as a receiver. Uh, then you got Isaiah Nayor, the special specialist being he can take the top off the defense, stretch the field, um, and really freak out the defense as it relates to giving up that big play over the top. And, of course, you got Bijan Robinson, who is uh, the best running back in the country, and we all believe that. Rojo, who's – Rojo is an NFL running back, too. So he's got his own unique skill set. Probably a lot more – honestly, in between the tackles, there is a belief now, in my opinion, just watching film, that he may be a better runner in between the tackles than Bijan, which is kind of freaky to think. And he's a better blocker, actually, than Bijan, better pass blocker than Bijan. Um, so you can use him in a lot of different ways. So there was so much variety. And Jatavion Sanders, having you start talking about him – and now you just lost some of that variety with Isaiah Nayor. And to me, unless you can find a receiver, and I think you can. Maybe a Brendan Thompson can do it, and maybe one of those other guys can do it. Um, find a receiver that can give you that consistently, what you believe you're going to get from Isaiah Nayor. Um, then instead of having the variety be the actual personnel, ha- let it be your philosophy, right? Your personnel usage, uh, your personnel packages, your formations, that should be now the variety that you infuse to to try to deter the honestly the, the predictability, which is inevitable yeah. when you are when you lose a lot of your weapons. All all it would take is Brendan Thompson's the guy that I'm thinking of. All it would take is one time for him to get behind a defense. Like if in Louisiana Monroe game, if he goes for like a sixty yard touchdown that's just a bomb down the field. Every time he's in a game from there on after, it doesn't matter if he catches another one of those all year. Every time you put him on the field, corners back up, safeties back up, everybody's cognizant of this dude can get behind. It doesn't matter how fast your secondary is. He's got that elite speed. He can get behind you and beat you deep. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's just going to be, it's going to have to be little, little things yeah. like that, little, little nuances, little subtleties. Well, honestly, you can also, I think you can psychologically plant that seed if you don't have Isaiah you're the actual threat I think you can still plant the seed of the you threat talk about it all the time by just throwing deep early just throw mm-hmm. it deep early on just take a couple of shots you may not hit them you may hit them you may get pass interference whatever is it how often is a deep ball intercepted it doesn't happen very often put in the conscience uh, of the DC yeah if you just put that if the, the DC will start thinking about it those corners will back up a little bit more that safety will back up so you'll get the benefits of having Isaiah Nayor but it'll be because of your mentality so I think his mentality can change too it's like you know what I'm going to actually become a little bit more aggressive they think I lost Isaiah Nayor I'm, I'm going to be less aggressive no we're going to be more aggressive I'm going to throw mm-hmm. out some speeches out there and go three by one and just chunk it deep when we, we man them in on that other side over there whether it's X-Man or Brendan Thompson or, you know, hell, maybe it's Jay Witt. Maybe I go slot fade on yep. him and go Jay Witt down there because mm-hmm. he's a physical guy. Either way, you need to plant that seed of fear because that's what Isaiah Nayor represented. He represented the fear of the deep ball, the fear of the big play. And you lost that, so how do you compensate for it? And I love that you brought that up because it's just been the last two seasons in the opening series or maybe say the opening quarter for your boy Kyle Shanahan what has he done with Trey Lance Mm -hmm. throwing the ball deep to open last preseason was a deep touchdown what was it this year was the deep touchdown to Danny Gray the kid from SMU both times very first 
touchdown, yeah, 70 yarder. And then yeah. now the whole league knows and they're seeing the highlights. And it's like, up, oh, Lance is in there. Yeah. Lance is throwing You're stacking deep that out box. The game. Stack that box. Yep. Yeah. They're like, oh, Shanahan running game. We're going to stack the box. Okay, stack the box then. Go ahead. Yep. Going deep. <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> going deep. Bring that safety. He's, oh. he's been playing that seed first series <laughs> exactly. of preseason. It, it, it just makes so much sense. I don't know why more coaches don't do I've been saying it for I, years. I go back to the Bijan factor and just the different ways you can use him. We talk about it. other than Xavier Worthy, and even maybe if you want to include Xavier Worthy, Bijan might still have the best hands on the team. I mean, he'll tell you that, but he, he's probably telling the truth. Well, we talk about that skill set he's got, Matt. I know you were. I don't know if you've got him in front of you. I know you were looking at some some Bijan numbers yep. a minute ago in the passing game. But I go back and look at you. Think about Sark's twenty twenty season in Alabama. Yeah, that was the the Devontae Smith Heisman year. They didn't have Jalen Waddle for most of the year. Mm. But what did Sark do? He adapted, and I'm just looking at Najee Harris's usage that year. Uh, from 2019 to 2020, Najee Harris, his rushing attempts went from 209 in 2019 to 252 in 2020. And targets, he went from 33 in 2019 to 53 wow. in 2020. 27 receptions in 19, uh, 43 receptions, a 40-catch season Pretty sure in they played less games in 2020 Damn. also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have it in front of me to look how many Bama played. Oh, they did. Though, everybody other. in college football. Did. It yeah, would have been. Yeah. Well, no. It would have. It would have been thirteen games. So he played one fewer game in twenty twenty than he did uh, in twenty nineteen. But at any rate, that's that's the other component we're talking about, Rod. I mean, I think it goes back to this amplifies what you talked about a few weeks ago when you talk about the the wind ceiling for Texas or maximizing it, like what's a good year, what's a successful year, whatever, you've kind of laid down the gauntlet, and I don't disagree with you at all, that if Bijan's not a finalist for one of these national awards or in New York for the Heisman ceremony, something or the probably first running back drafted. Yeah, probably something went awry yeah. with your season this year. That's even more paramount now to make sure you maximize him and use him because you already knew going into the year this is probably the end of the line for B. John Robinson at Texas. No you, doubt. You probably, however many games he plays this year, that's however many games he's got left Great. in this program. Man, use it. Don't leave any meat on the bone with B. John. Well, now, I mean, I'm assuming some of those targets and some of those touches that Isaiah Neal was going to get, and yeah, you'll distribute those between the wide receivers and tight ends. Um, but yeah, some of those are going to be John. It's just more, it's just more on B. John. B. John is the. He is the identity of the offense still. It's still got to revolve around him. Um, but you just had so many, you know, secondary and tertiary weapons uh, that were really promising. And Isaiah Nayor was right up there with him. Um, so I, if, if, Jordan, if Jordan Whittington stays healthy, man, this, this conversation will seem foolish in my opinion. Yeah. Toward the end of the year. If he does, if he stay, cause remember, when that guy was healthy – he was the leading receiver on the team. And then after he yeah. goes down in the Oklahoma game, that's when X-Men steps up and they start, you know, uh, kind of funneling and force-feeding the football to X-Men as well they should have at that time. And that's when Sark's brilliance of being able to scheme guys open really, really, you know, came to fruition and materialized on the field. But, man, if Jay Wick can stay healthy, I'm not going starting to call him knock on wood wit. Man, if he can stay healthy, uh, he can. I mean, that guy's an NFL player, in my opinion. There's no question about it. But he just his element, the element of physicality in the passing game, he he adds it. Like he and his yards after the catch, he has a presence once he catches the football that other receivers don't have. So our assumption here 
freaking out about Isaiah Yuri is that none of us believe really in our hearts that Shea Wiggins is going to make it through the entire season. All right, we want to believe. All right, it's like Santa Claus. We want to yeah, believe. Last it. year, I finally but, believed. I was like, all right, this year, yeah, we started the, feeling like, like, yes, look at it, look at it, it looks great. Throw I mean, down, that's how we weapon. felt about Shipley his whole career until exactly. the end. So hopefully, the Shipley and the Bo Scaife. Season the big, mm-hmm. the, this, you know what I mean? Because Shipley had his, his two, and Bo Skeezy had his two after years of having, you know, con- having injury concerns, having to deal with injuries. Hopefully, that's the case for Jay Witt. Hopefully, this is the year where he has that year. Because if he can stay healthy the entire season, I have no doubt about it. He, hell, uh, it's, a, it's a chance he could end up being your leading receiver. Like, I'm, I'm sure I'm serious about that. Yeah, I, I still, I'm going to. Bank on if 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 I'm giving a statistical prediction for this team, I'm gonna say that Chris Obanaya and Eric Metcalf need to make sure they've got an extra bedroom in their apartment in the Forty Catch Club for Texas running backs. I think Bijan's gonna be in that club before the season's over. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I can see that. I mean, he, he should. He should. It'd probably it'd be a damn shame if he wasn't. Actually. Well, yeah, and if you look at his numbers just overall, if there's one goal, it's probably gonna be for Sark to get. Bijan into man coverage because very rarely is he ever going to be allowed some type of man coverage but when he was last year it was 26 yards per reception he caught four passes hadn't had three touchdowns which is just an absurd production when you look at anybody that's been targeted uh, 26 yards per yeah there were four receptions. Yeah, because most of them are, are those be. when he's in the backfield yep. they usually have them on, the on side, side of the and they, then they shift him over that means the opposite linebacker still has them. They don't pass that it off in coverage. Like first and then they run that wheel, that yeah. wheel slash, you know what I mean, flat route, and they throw it to him, and the linebacker is caught up in the traffic, and he can't get it. They run that like two or three Unless times. There's a, uh, and then uh, they had the other one where they put him in the slot. They went two by two and put him in the slot, and he went downfield. Um, so that, and I believe that's probably was in man coverage. If too, the opposing uh, cornerback would have been able to read it so well and come off of his man and yes. pick him off like you did against Oklahoma, it's not then, that different. It's all, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually not that. It's different exactly that. like yeah. your play when yeah. you pick off the running back coming yeah. out of the backfield. It's very and, similar. Uh, Gary Danielson thinks y'all are in zone, but you're in man. We're and actually in man, but we have what we call a we call a we call it a combo call. It's basically a combo call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do tango, and once we tango. I take the outside cut, he takes the inside cut. It's still man, yeah. but since it's bunch right there, we can decide to you know tango it. I had to point that it. out since everybody was yeah. – I, CB had tagged us in that exact exactly. play uh, 21 yeah. days That's out of That's exactly kickoff. it, right? They they bring the running back there, and he's basically – either they, I think it's bunch most of the time too. I so believe if people want to watch, just go watch Rod's flex. pick six and you, <laughs> yeah. in, imagine the running back being Bijan. Yeah, that's it's, what not that, it's not that different at all. And then they bring Bijan route, and the linebacker gets caught up in the traffic and – he, they never adjust. And I don't know why they still don't adjust to it. It's so so. Every time he shifts like that, mm-hmm. there's a really good chance he's going to yeah. run that that wheel slash flat And if route, the quarterback gets the ball to him point. quicker, it's impossible for the corner to get that over there in time. Like Hibble on the pass you picked up sort of floated one before there's float, time. Yeah. You've seen quarterbacks, modern quarterbacks, if they read that, they get the ball quickly to the running back and get in. I mean, it's how Bijan walked in for a touchdown, yeah. I guess, against Louisiana Lafayette in that opening game. Like his – First touchdown receptions, one of those exact plays. But just the difference between man at 26 yards per reception and then in true zone, you go and look at Bijan, his yards per route run was at .96. It was still 11 
targets for nine receptions for 100 yards. It's still 11 per reception. It's just not 2.26 per route run. Whenever he's in man, he's just a guy. Because then you want the great thing about Bijan is once you get that and get the ball into him, then he becomes the running back. So all those yards after contact or missed tackles forced, all those other things that he can do with the ball inside of his hand, they're still there for him whenever he gets isolated on the outside. And then when you're talking about Whittington, Whittington in the season, in, in the slot last year averaged 15 yards per reception, which is for a true wide receiver being in the slot, that's as about elite as you can get. It was 34 targets for 24 receptions for 359 yards and three TDs. He was 2.66 yards per route run, and X-Man was right there with them in the slot at three yards per route run, and he ended up with 13.9 per reception. All right, so there's uh, the Isaiah Nayer injury and kind of the Roshan Johnson injury. I don't think we're that worried about Rojo. Yes, at least no. right now we don't have a reason to be worried. It's an ankle. No. Hopefully, yeah. heals up before the It'll season starts. So let's go to <laughs> it's one A and one B with Nayer in terms of which one's bigger. The Junior Angulao injury again. At Horse twenty four seven. We didn't confirm this. We haven't reported it, but I have no reason to doubt anything that's been reported in terms of his being. We have reported that it's a serious injury. Uh, I know there's been some reports that it is an ACL and he's down, but again, we'll get confirmation from that later today on Sark. Either way, it's not good. Rod, there were two guys up front that I didn't think you could lose, Jake Majors and Junior Aguilar. Those were the two guys, at least from a proven commodity standpoint, I think the staff felt as good as you could about anybody up front. Uh, This not only hurts you because he was your best run blocker with he, Jake Majors, and Hayden Connor, you felt reasonably well, at least okay, about the interior of your offensive line, and now I don't know what the heck you do for a backup center. So in a number of ways, this is this is one of those ones you couldn't afford. And, man, I'll say this. I don't know where you guys stand on this. Like Jake Majors, for me, and maybe he was he was already pretty high up, I think he's only behind like Bijan, Worthy, Overshone. Jake Majors might be the fourth most important guy on this team now. Captain, lost it, right? You, you need a captain on this. Angela, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody saying you lost. I mean, lose, you leadership. A hell of a lot of football. And you got yeah, Bama leadership. in week and two. Tough. You yeah. need your guys up front to be ready to go. And on an offensive line, we assume it's going to be a lot of young guys playing anyway. Now more younger guys losing <laughs> one of your only proven veterans. Yeah. So I mean, that's listen. The truth is, now I think we all felt you were going to have to play at least two, maybe even three of those, you know, freshman offensive linemen and play those guys yeah. earlier, sooner rather than later. Even though they didn't they didn't show up for you know, obviously they didn't enroll early and you didn't have them in the spring, but they're prodigies. At least most of them are prodigies. It's supposed to be one of the best offensive line halls in modern recruiting history. Uh, so I think now you have may not have a choice you got to play those young guys. Mm-hmm. You got to put them out there. You got to you got to deal with the growing pains. You're gonna have them. Just expect it. It's okay. Um, and you're gonna have them against Bama, unfortunately. But by the time you get to the middle of Big Twelve play, they won't be freshmen anymore. They're prodigies. If you did your, if you did the right, and I know all of them aren't ready, but a couple of them have to be. 
Um, and I mean, like, there have to be whether you want them or not. You got to pick yeah. the, the two are most advanced right now and look at the rate of development and go, all right, these are my two. I got to take two of these freshmen. And you may even have to do, take three of them. If, you, if their rate of development is even close to any of the veterans right now, any of the veterans who have been on this campus for a long time, mm-hmm. then you need to bet on the freshmen. Yep. We don't have to worry about, like, the the tr- the the big question mark, the concern, that trivia question kind of deal of, okay, well, who's going to be the first of these true freshmen to play? Ain't no secret about it now. Don't lose sleep over it. It's Cole Hudson. He's going to roll right in at right guard. At least he did in the scrimmage on Saturday replacing Angulao. And to your point, Rod, so that's one. one of the more fascinating developments has been that Kelvin Banks has already taken reps away from Andre Carrick at left tackle. You know what I say? They close. If it's close. Yep. Spit on the young dude. Just go on with the growing pains. Yeah. Right. I mean, to me, what's the what are you delaying this for? Well, it if sounds like you're he, gonna have growing pains with Carrie yeah. possibly. Too, say, so, if, it's, yeah. if it's you've seen you've seen a lot from those other guys. You had a whole season with them and whole off two off seasons with them. So you've seen a ton from them. Like I said, if it's at all close, now that's on you to determine, well, how how close is close enough where, you know, I believe that they'll surpass them within the first within the non-conference schedule, they'll surpass those guys and they'll be better players by then. Like I said, it, to me, I'm always betting on the younger guys, the guys you brought in, the guys that fit your profile, mm-hmm. all right, massive humans, big humans, big athletic humans, bet on them. And I don't, I know it sounds crazy. You're like, man, you want an offensive line potentially with multiple freshmen on it? I don't know if you're going to have a choice. Your Kyle Flood is in, a, is in a position where Charlie Strong and Vance Bedford were in 2015. Remember this? Like, remember we talked about the Texas defense? Like, yeah, like, I know Malik played early because he had to, but, like, we got to a point in that season where, like, man, like, why don't we see more of Chris Boyd? Why don't we see more of Holton Hill? And basically, Charlie kind of started too late to start the youth movement. Like, once, like, we saw, like, Anthony Wheeler and Brecken Hager, Deshaun Elliott, some of these guys start to play, like, why haven't these guys been playing more? Mm. I don't want that to be the case, Rod, with this offensive line. Yeah. Where, like, you get Kelvin Banks in, like, you wait to get him in, like, in a conference play where it's like in like game eight, you're like, man, why was why wasn't he playing in game one? You like I don't I don't want that to happen with the offense line. Like if you're gonna a youth movement's one of those deals, man. If you're gonna do it, just rip the band aid off and do it. I'm just saying if it's cl- like, I don't know where they are right now. I mean, maybe they're not even close. But what we've been hearing is a lot of hype about the O line, um, how they're an advanced group. I don't doubt it at all. Um, and we've seen a ton of the <laughs> the guys that Sark inherited on the offensive line, and they've underachieved. There's for, a reason they loaded up on freshmen. There's a reason they loaded up the way. The reason for the pancake factory. Uh, so I I don't know. I'm just saying, if I'm looking at it right now, considering the loss of Junior Angelau now, and now you just lost the pretty much the anchor of that old line in a lot of ways, the leader of it. You're gonna have some serious growing pains, regardless. Yeah. And I think I'd rather have them with those young guys. Instead of yelling at the same guys I've been yelling at, give me I'll yell at the young guys to see if they take the coaching a little bit better. And I do believe by midseason, my belief is they'll be past the growing pains and the baby steps, and you'll start seeing them. You'll start seeing that upside that you've been betting on. And I know they're like, man, midseason, what are you talking about? By the end, we could have four losses. Yeah, you could. <laughs> yep. You could. That's, but if Sark's the right guy, you won't. Because he'll understand his limitations as a coach. He'll understand exactly how to scheme around those. If he hired the right coaches, you won't. You'll but hit if you a, got the wrong guy, you will. You'll hit an upward, <laughs> you'll, you'll hit an upward trajectory. Yeah, because he, he's the right guy. He'll, he'll, what I say about coaches, they're problem solvers. You got problems. Solve them. Yeah. 
here's, here's how I would say I would tell Texas fans to approach that, Rod. Learn from experience from the last two coaches. Don't ignore the red flags. Like, that's – I hate going back to the Tom Herman era, but, like, that's what that Sugar Bowl win a lot of Texas fans did with it. You ignored all the red flags you saw up to that point and just looked at, oh, my gosh, they just beat Georgia and won 10 games and finished in the top 10, yeah. and here we go. Those losses to you Maryland. forgot about those losses to Maryland. Never happened. But that's where <laughs> Never being results-based and being process-based <laughs> really right. is a big deal. And if you view it the process, you can look and see those things along the lines. Don't let the most recent results skew the way you view a team. Yeah. No, I, I, like I said, it's – it's it's a problem that he needs to solve. He can solve it in many ways on that offensive line. The offensive line was bad last year. Yeah. And yep. you ended up being a top 20 offense. Yes, it hurts to lose Junior Youngalow. So your offensive line is going to be bad. Like I said, it was bad last year. And you were ahead in four of your seven losses at halftime. <laughs> you had you spent the third most time with a uh, third most time in terms of conference play with a lead behind mm-hmm. Baylor and Oklahoma State with a bad offensive line. And a really bad defense. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, go solve the problems, Coach. Hell, I, I watched Baylor play a tight game with Texas State last year early on. Yeah. And then win the Big 12 title. Go solve the problems, Coach. With a third-string quarterback, by the way, or whatever he was. Go solve the problem. Well, and, being, and I don't <laughs> think you're here for. Yeah. Mike Gundy is the best in the country at it. Mike Gundy, every year they got an issue about, man, Mike Gundy, I don't know about his old line. I'm not sure about those wide receivers. Man, who are you going to do at quarterback? What are you going to do at D-line? Every year they got a big question about Mike Gundy's team. And every year, you know what he does? He solves it. Figures it out. One thing I dig about Mike problem. Gundy, Mike Gundy will tell you what his issues are. He will. Are. Like, uh, was it the – it might have been last year in, his, in the preseason, right at this time last year. He's like, we're not as good on the offensive line as we used to be. This is a problem. We're going to work around it, but <laughs> – it's like we just can't line up and run the football like we had, like we've been able to in years past. And turns out they did. He saw the They were running the football down people's throat toward the yeah. end of the year. The big issue was they couldn't find wide receiver talent really. Yeah, like freshman wide receivers playing and they were running the ball. You're like, you know what? We're just gonna run the rock. So I'm just saying, Jalen Warren. It, it, these things exist around the Notre Dame just lost their top wide receiver. He's out. Yeah, they down. were shorthanded wide receiver before Avery Davis got in. Yeah, I mean, Bama just lost JoJo Earl. Like, it, 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 it's happening. I know it's it. It seems like Texas in the bubble. It's like it's only happening to us. No, no, it's not. It's happening around the country. Mm-hmm. But great coaches, they just solve the problem. Or they develop a good enough talent to cover up the problem. Yeah. Well, and he's and finally got long, his guys. Long, for a long time, we have not had great problem solvers on this campus, and we have not had great developers of talent. And, th- guys, this is the test we need from, to see from Sark, right? Yeah. What was the big issue last year? Handling adversity. Sounds like a lot of adversity to me. What was the big issue that this is for 10, 15 years on this campus? Talent development. Well, you got a lot of talent there. You turned over 40% of the roster. All you got to do is develop that talent right now. You got to fast track it, but it's talent development. Yeah. So every, 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 we need to answer the questions about Sark. This is it. This is the test that we need him to pass to, to show us that he's the guy that can solve the problems and lead Texas to the promised land. If he can't, then he ain't the guy. Are we headed in the right direction? <laughs> like it, ain't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't rocket science, man. It ain't rocket science. It ain't. Because these problems are not just exclusive to Texas. They exist all around the country, and great coaches, they handle them. They take care of them. I mean, you go back last year, like, think about that Georgia offense. Like, you forget that they didn't have George Pickens all year on <laughs> offense? <laughs> oh. Like a first-round talent at wide receiver. Fig- that cripples most teams. Come Georgia on, won a national championship. Fig- exactly. Great coaches, man, they figure it out. Like the Ohio State won a national championship with a third-string quarterback once. 
if you're a damn good coach, man, you figure yeah. it out. Um, <laughs> Go al- solve the problem. Along those lines, I, I think what we're talking about with the line of scrimmage talent, the schedule is a great barometer for it because <laughs> there's not a whole lot, Rod, as you know, as a player that's going to get you ready for the OU game. But I think if you're Kelvin Banks, like, go go see if you can handle Will Anderson. That's going to get you ready for what you're going to experience I mean, in the Cotton Bowl. And, and I think the, for the for Alabama to be in game two Ooh. and Baylor to be in game 12, mm-hmm. that's a hell of a barometer to figure out. Because like Baylor, I think we've all said about Baylor, Baylor's bizarro Texas. We don't worry about Baylor's line of script. We worry about does Baylor have any perimeter skill talent to go with Blake Shapin because of what they lost. Yeah, I don't worry about Baylor from a line of scrimmage standpoint. They have the best lines of scrimmage in the Big 12. Some of the top five in the country, yeah. potentially. Like, legit. Yeah. No, no joke. Yeah. It's nasty. They're man. that good. Yeah. They're that good up front. Mm-hmm. Adding Jackson player from Tulsa yeah, in man. the portal on defense. So, it's a great it's a great test to figure out, okay, here's where you are against Alabama. But to your point, Rod, about that trajectory. Because, like, I think you can get caught up on, like, Texas could be 8-4. and four. And at this point, like, can you be eight and four going into a ball game and feel really good about where things are are, are headed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think you can, mm-hmm. uh, because there might be a game where you know the offense scores forty five points and you lose because of, because of your defense or your unreliable kicking game or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the year, by the time you get to that Baylor game, like if you're if you're eight and three going into the Baylor game, or hell, let's say you're seven and four going into the Baylor game, if your lines of scrimmage can beat their lines of scrimmage and you win that game and you're nine and three you hold your own you're <laughs> you're nine and three going yeah. into the bowl game or eight and four going into the bowl game I think at that point you're like yeah all this body of work that you put together the end result is you got an offensive line and even a defensive line now going into bowl season going into 2023 yeah. suddenly it's not a weakness anymore you feel really good about it you said you had the best d-line coach in the country what you what what what, what? <laughs> so I guess losing out for Collins for a little while maybe not a big deal if that's the case. So my, my my point is that these I know Longhorn fans are freaking out. If he's the right guy, he'll solve the problems. Yeah, that's it. That's all. It's it's all a coach. Why was it? Coach is just a problem solver, man. And he's got to do a. He's got he's got a list of them every day. He's got to solve, and he's not going to be right all the time because he's not Jesus. But as my boy Shannon says, if I'm right more often times than not, I'm gonna win. I just got to be right yeah. more often times than I'm wrong. And I think last year they were wrong more than they were right when it comes to solving problems. Be right when you need to be. Yeah. Great. I like that too. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. Again, we'll uh, we'll see what these this injury situation is, what these what results comes of these injuries. Uh, and we'll break it down on next week's show. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. For Matt Farad, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049, 1019 AM, 1260, streaming on that Horn app at hornfm.com, or you can get Rod B each and every weekday on Ball Don't Lie from 3 to 7. Shameless plug. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt, get all of our archives. Our classic interviews are available on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yeah, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcasts. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button. Get every episode of the Blitz when it drops on Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.